It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let me bang you, I do let you bang Let me bang you, Let me bang you, Let you bang you, Greetings, Marys and Virgins. Go for Jesus! Go for Jesus, people! Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? What's up, people? Welcome to a brand new MA Roasted podcast. Me, I'm here with one of my best friends in the whole world, a uh, guy who I absolutely love. Sometimes I, uh, we get too close and then I annoy you. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like, when does that happen? You're one of those happens. people that like, because like sometimes, crazy. I, sometimes I try to ask you questions in the podcast, but I'm like, but I feel like you think I'm trying to bust you, but I'm not trying to bust you. I'm well, like, yeah, okay, listen. Yeah, on the podcast, I mean, there's some shit you just asked me when we're not on the podcast. I know, I know. Because I think you share too much. This is an MMA podcast, and you go around telling them everything about your fucking family, about your kid, about all this shit. I'm like, dude, fucking shut up. This isn't, dude. but that's me. I, I, I don't share like that with the public. That's see, that's the thing. It's like I've uh, I it's weird. I have this like OCD. I went to this school in high school, it was like kind of a cult. I got brainwashed in a way. Yes, it, it was better, it was good, it was good for me. I'm still brainwashed. It was actually good for me because I was in a terrible projection in my life. But was I was this the I, military academy, or was this the kind of the boarding school? Uh the boarding school, right, right, right. They basically said if you don't if you're not honest with yourself, if you're not honest with everybody, so I would constantly clear my conscience. And with relationships. I would tell girls, I would tell people things that I didn't need to tell them because I felt like if I didn't tell them, I wasn't being honest. And while that could be very entertaining, it has also fucked up every single relationship. Totally, the, exactly. You know, and that is part of growing up, though. That is part of getting older is realizing that, you know, not everybody needs to know everything and maybe you shouldn't say Because I think that is endemic, especially with, with comedians to overshare, uh, you know, yeah. to be brutally honest, to put too much out there. TMI, I think, was invented by comedians. Um, you know, we just, we can't help it. We want, we want to just put all our, I, that was my thing. I would just put all my cards on the table. Yeah, I know. You know that, oh, day one, here's what I want. I could see, a, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. But, you, you know, you learn to do. <laughs> with the podcast, I figure like, what's going to separate us? Yeah, we're funny as fuck. Yeah, it's great. But I'm also like, I just, I just want to get it out. And then all of a sudden my wife gets, I used to be a lot worse. I mean, it, it was easier when I was single. Cause I would just say, whatever, I had no one to fucking thing, but then sometimes like I exaggerate for comedic effect. And then my wife's like, you said this. I'm like, yeah. Cause it was funny. If I was like, yeah, things are going great and blah, blah, blah. It wouldn't be, which they are, they really are. Uh, but at the same time, like, 
I don't know. I was, it was See, I'm lucky. My wife doesn't listen to our podcast. So that, you know, that's something I, and honestly, if she did listen to it every week, I probably would uh, temper, you know, my jokes quite a bit yeah. more. I'd probably be a little, but I, again, I don't talk about her much. I, I don't want, like when I post about my wife on social media, I don't tag her. I don't put her name out there because otherwise fucking weirdos, including weirdo comics, try and like friend her or follow her or get it. And I'm like, leave my wife, you know, so I just leave her out of it as much as humanly possible. I know. Right. I I hear you. But sometimes it's funny. Like we got into an argument last week, my wife and I, because, uh, you know, it's always like, well, whenever I go away, it's always like I go away for a week sometimes. Day one. I miss you. I love you. Wish you were here. Day two. Hey, things are hard. By day four, I didn't sign up for this shit. I'm a fucking single mom. <laughs> fucking bullshit. When are you coming home? You know, and then like the day before I I, I like I, I come back at day five. It's like, I love you again. I come home. I love you again. And then I'm, I'm home for two days. When are you leaving? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's literally uh, that. My thing. wife, my wife. Uh, she wanted to. She wanted to have sex the other morning, and I, I was so hungover. <laughs> I was like, wow. I was like, I don't, can we do this later? And I never say no. Like I'm always like, yes, let's, you know. But I mean, I really, I just like my head was throbbing. I was like, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm not in the mood. No, I turned down a blowjob before a comedy show one time. I was like, one blowjob like after the show, because I'm like. <laughs> Because I, because in my head, this is how my brain works. I'm going to get a blowjob. I'm not going to be funny. I'm going to be too relaxed. I'm not going to be sharp. Right. Exactly. Gonna, you're, 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 she's, she's sucking the juice out of you. And I'm going to blame it on that. her. Yeah, I'm going to blame yeah. it on her. So now I'm like, but like, what, why, you know, but so anyway, then, then, then what happened was, so, so the other day she was like, you know, you know, you don't have time for me, but you have time for comedy. You have time for coaching wrestling. You have time for your podcast. You have time for MMA. You time for this. And I was like, okay, number one, I do have time for her, but I go, my wife's Christian. I'm like, listen, imagine if Jesus uh, had a wife and she wanted all his miracles. He wouldn't have cured. Are you comparing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Jesus was a Jew. I'm like, he forgave me. It was just, uh, so yeah, that was, but I was about to post this video. You ever like clip these videos? Cause now it's all about posting. You go on my Instagram. Now it's all comedians posting the videos and yes, on, one hand, on one hand, it's so fucking annoying because you have to caption them too. Like, and, yes. and I talk so fast. So my captions are always like, well, nothing it, to do. And that's the thing. If you either do it yourself, they have the auto caption, but then you have to spend just as much time correcting the auto caption as if you just typed it your fucking self the first time. There's literally zero time saved. So you might as well just do it yourself. Plus the timing's always uh, off when you do the auto caption. It's always better if you just fucking right. just sit there. And like, do but a part of me is like, well, why am I doing this? So I justify it going, well, a lot of times I'll go through my material, old stuff, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot. I don't do that joke anymore. Or, man, this is why they didn't laugh at this. Or, oh, they didn't hear this. So it is. But then you're like, I could be writing new jokes right now and not captioning this shit. So it's like there's constant that. And but well, then this like, is this is the war between new and old comedy, because, you know, the traditionalists, we just wanted to be great comedians on stage. We didn't have to be. And for, the first thing they tried to make us was promoters. 
Oh, Suddenly, yeah. when MySpace came out and all that, there were, you know, it used to be we did the show, they filled the room. Then comics were like, I'll fill the room. And they started getting jobs. So we're like, I guess I'll fill the room. So then they try to make us the promoters. Okay. Now we don't get to just be comedians. We got to be video editors and social media marketers and promoters and flyer graphic designers and all this shit that nobody goes into stand up to want to do. No, no. And then I'm like, so then I'm like, well, why am I? Then I look at Matt Rife, right? Matt Rife, mm -hmm. a, a funny comic who was doing some crowd work. I look at his TikTok videos, 6.8 million fucking followers. I'm like, this dude's on a fucking tour. And I'm like, not to compare myself to Matt Rife, but I'm like, I got some shit that I think is fucking hilarious. My crowd work. So I'm like, well, why am I not doing this? So now I'm, but then I'm like, well, the shit that I think is really funny, I'm like, is this going to get me fired? Because yeah. am I going to post this and someone's going to tag, whatever and say because you're not people are laughing but they're not there so now i'm like they're not there watching it it's different which is a live experience because you've seen the 27 minutes before that happened or people it's you know everyone can see the person i'm making fun of so now yeah. I'm like, so now i'm like do i get a fucking gopro for um, where i put it on my put it on my shirt so i can see the person that i'm fucking with well and that's um, the thing like a lot of these guys they have the help of someone else that's traveling with them working with them that's basically like fully invested in their career doing a lot of that work for them you know we're, because we don't have that person we never wanted to have that person you know but they do they have the a best friend that like you know they're uh, they want to be part of it so they shoot the audience and they shoot all the things and they cut the clips and they enter you know and they do a big chunk of that work for them i mean we're one man bands, but, but you know? on the other hand it's like okay so i sold kamikaze comedy twice already like i told you i sold it to fuel tv we shot a pilot you were on it all of a sudden fuel went under I get the pilot back. I sold it to Esquire. We shot a pilot. Esquire goes under. Now I have it back, right? Before that, I sold it to MySpace. Actually, I sold it to MySpace even before that. Um, so now I'm like, tr now I have another idea for a couple shows and I'm reaching out to production companies, right? First thing they go is you call them up. Oh, great. You know, well, this is great, but how would you feel if we had, let's say, Burt Kreischer or Theo Vaughn or somebody else as like the lead in it, right? So, yeah. right away, so right away, they try to take away whatever the fuck you did. And you're like, whoa, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, then they're like, well, now there's gatekeepers and people not calling you back. So I'm like, fuck these gatekeepers. I can just put it out myself. So now you're like, there was actually a really good uh, video. I'll, I'll show it to you that Jason Alexander actually put. I love Jason Alexander. I mean, you can't argue that. I mean, he's one of the funniest people ever. I mean, he, yeah. he without him, there's no Seinfeld. I'm sorry. Alexander no, you're was, right. You're right. The whole chemistry of the other people was what made that show work. Yeah. And he made Absolutely. a video. He made a video recently said, okay, here's my advice to young actors or to actors. He goes, the days of people putting you in something are over. He goes, yep. he goes, maybe, maybe someone will put you in something, but that's one in a million uh, or one. In a, every day someone gets, a, he goes, you have to do it yourself. You have to get the camera person. You have to get the videographer. You have to get the actor. You have to get this. He goes, all you need is a fucking phone. He goes, and then if you put out good stuff, you'll always work. You'll always work. And then maybe someone will see it and will put you in something that you can't afford to be in. And I'm like, right. holy fuck, that's. That's exactly what we're doing. Well, and that's but. what I said. We it started it started back with within the MySpace days, which we entered what I was calling then, and I call it now, is the era of pop comedy. You know, it got away from you know having to put together an hour, having a tour, having to build yourself into a great comedian that could really do the job, and all you needed was a hit. 
clip. And now, you know, so what used to be in music, a hit single, we are now up against the viral video. The viral video is the hit single of comedy and, and, and music. But music, you can do more, you know, the, the song can break out on SoundCloud, like as just a song. So for them, you know, whereas they need the hit single, we now have to have, you know, oh, no. a, a, a hit, a viral video. It's and about media, a viral and video. So much, and I'm, those guys, you know, they can, they have a hit single and then you can tour on it. And that's the, that's the, the formula now. But again, much like music, everybody's putting all this shit out there and you're like, why doesn't this hit? And honestly, I don't know, you know? Uh, and some of it is like social media. While we need social media, because I hate to say it, but a lot of times I'm putting stuff up, not for even people, but for bookers because bookers follow me and people that own yep. comedy clubs. And they're the ones who see it and go, Oh shit, this is funny. Oh, I forgot about Adam, you know? Uh, but so you're putting it there, but it's depressing. It's so fucking depressing social media because you're watching everyone else fuck. And then even when I put stuff up, like yesterday, I put a flyer up. Hey, I'm going to be in whatever. And the club books the opener, right? So I don't, I don't book the opener. And then, and then someone, so somebody writes, man, you're one of my favorite comics. Why are you always working with these fucking comics I never heard of? These fucking uh, pieces of shit. And go, he goes, why don't you work with Burt Kreischer? And why don't you work with Tom Segar? I'm just like, 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 dude. I'm deleting this fucking comment. This is not a compliment. And second of all, just because you've heard of comics on a podcast doesn't mean they're the best comics. It, it's not even not even close. Podcasting and stand-up comedy are two different things. For example, yeah. I mean, Greg, you're one of the funniest comics I've ever seen, but there's also guys like Russ Maneev and Pete Corrielli and sure. you know, Godfrey and Mitch Fattel. And, and, I mean, and... I'll put these guys against any one of your favorite comics. Okay. Any yeah. one of your favorite comics, I will put the Greg Rogels up against. But you, you, you have not heard of Greg Rogel, these fucking yeah. comedians. But you have heard of Tom Segura because of Rogan and everybody else. And well, and that's the thing, that's why Rogan moved to Austin. Everybody and their brother moved to fucking Austin because they knew that getting on Rogan was more valuable than actually mastering the craft and slugging it out on the stages of New York and Los Angeles. Yeah, Do you I mean, mean to tell me, Greg, you guys honestly believe Brendan Schaub wouldn't be a stand-up comic right now if he weren't on Rogan 170? Dude, I heard a, I heard a story about him recently. I, you know, I got to be honest. I got to be honest. I don't think so. Dude, <laughs> dude, I, dude, dude, this booker. Stop telling. Dude, this, <laughs> dude, there was a booker who told oh, me. Oh, I, I, well, if it's one thing we learned, a lot of things can stop telling. And, and as a comic, Greg, I, I'm sure you and I both know that, like, there's nothing funnier sometimes than when somebody has, like, even like the dime bar, which is like this little fucking hole in the wall that I, I built just to get better at comedy. Literally sure. just to get better. At I love comedy. it. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, there's 10 people there, 15 people there just to work on shit. But when you see, I, I see comics all the time. They get off some, some tour with a bigger name comic. So they're doing stadiums and they walk in there and joke bombs joke. And they're like, the fuck, man? Just so you know, 15,000 people laughed at that fuck. And they get so fucking angry. And there is a poetic justice in that of like, yeah, dude, that's like when I open for Russell Peters and they're like, hey, man, are you nervous? And I'm like, no, there's 7,000 people here. If half of them laugh, that's still 3,500 people laughing. Yeah. Uh, when there's 17 people and half of them laugh, you know, that's what eight and a half people. So it's a lot fucking harder. Um, Strong math, by the way, way to do that. 
Uh, no problem. When uh, you tried to split 17, I was like, which side of this is he going to fall? <laughs> is he going to go with a nine and six? Is he going to go with a seven and eight? The, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, man. But I mean, even like I did a show at the Improv tonight. And uh, dude, how do you feel, Greg, about comics that laugh at all their own jokes? Uh, uh, by the way, I did math for 15, not 17. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? It depends. I Because I say you should write comedy that makes you laugh, that you think is funny. So it depends. Some of them becomes formulaic uh, where their laughs sort of like Fallon la breaking on Saturday Night Live. It became his formula was just kind of like to laugh uh, instead of actually be funny. So it depends on who's doing it. You know what I mean? I laugh all the time on stage because and usually it's because I'm improvising and I said something yeah. that genuinely cracked me up. So, uh, uh, you know, so it depends on if it's genuine or if it's canned. Uh, dude, Some I, guys, it becomes part of their act to just, like, <laughs> just laugh at their own stuff and act like they're all cracked up. And it's like, well, you know, then, then it's disingenuous. It's not my favorite. You know? So, you know, it can cut either way. I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm just like, you, you, you wrote the joke. You can't tell me this is cracking you up every time you tell it on stage. Um, but anyway, I, I like go up Monday night. It's like the black show. It's all uh, Monday night. It's, it's, you know, and, and I go up there and some fucking Asian girl, with big titties just starts heckling like right away. Just got like, I eat pussy. This and that. And I'm like trying to shut her up. No one's shutting her up. Like what's her Instagram handle? Dude. She was hot. <laughs> she was hot too. But I, I can tell, no, the way you're describing I'm like, this girl sounds fucking hot. I gotta see this. Asian, big titties, and eats pussy. I must see this. But it was one of those sets where, like, I was getting... She probably has more followers than all of us combined. Dude, I was getting them joke to joke, but I couldn't get... I just couldn't get a role. I couldn't get... Right, and I get off stage and I'm just not, not the way that I wanted to. And then she wants to give me five and I have to cross lines with her. I have to pass her. At this point, like, I did not want to give her fucking five. Like, thanks, you fucked up my set. Like, I did not want to give you five, but I did because I'm just like, uh, otherwise I would have been like, you know. So then that fucking host goes on and he's like, oh, give it up for Adam Hunter. And then she goes, he all right, he all right, right? And then the host is like, oh, you want to fuck him? Turn black? <laughs> Midway through her heckling, she became black? Dude, I'll tell I you feel like what. it was. I feel like it was probably the whole way. Dude, I'll tell you guys what not to do during, uh, as if I know better than you, right? What not to do uh, with the Theo show? I told you a night here in Indy, right? Yeah. Um, and feel like I know him, Theo, and uh, like Theo Von show. And uh, in the middle, some guy starts screaming his name for no reason and will not stop. It's four thousand people there, probably no parking. By the way, I had to park illegally with my grand dead grandma's um, handicap spot to keep from getting towed. But we walked right into the building. Um, well, let's not pretend you didn't keep it for a reason. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had it. Yeah, for sure. Well, otherwise, if I don't use it, it's like she died for nothing. So, um, <laughs> that's what I so, um, I, uh, so yeah, anyway, this guy just keeps yelling his name, and Theo Vaughn finally says, Dude, what are you doing? Like, stop. It stopped right in the middle of the conversation. He said, Dude, why are you ruining it for everybody? You know, or whatever. And he was like, what? Like, you have, you might have family here. Like, people might know you. What are you doing? And it got so awkward, man. It went from 3,000 Brendan Schaub's repeating the punchline after everything Theo Vaughn said. He actually said, Jesus Christ. And a guy behind me said, ah, Jesus Christ. Like, that was a punchline. Like, I thought, I thought Schaub was sitting behind me. I swear to God. Like, every line, the guy uh, would repeat the last four words. And then uh, we're sitting uh, there. This guy, all of a sudden, I hear, it doesn't matter what color it was, but he's probably black. A security guard starts saying, Get up. Get on up, get up. He's trying to throw somebody out. And I was like, is James Brown performing back there? Which is <laughs> all from three or four people because it sounded just like James Brown. 
But no, that's awkward when the comedian starts talking to a guy and is unhappy. Like it's different if you like handle like Norm McDonald and start laughing or whatever. Yeah. Oh, seriously, he just got serious. Like, dude, why do you, why are you doing this? Like a lot of people paid money to come here, man. Like why are you and everything just the whole mood got weird, man. It was something else. Uh, it was can I can I can I tell you? And this is the you know, and I, I mean, listen, you success, you know, you build an audience and stuff like that. But I've heard this about the the audiences that come from that group that set uh, of comedians that it's the Joe Rogan audience and that it, it it's it's it reminds me of the Howard Stern audience you know the Howard Stern audience very aggressive very vocal and oftentimes would ruin shows yeah and they it's like it. it's like are you guys here to ruin the show or enjoy the show you know I yeah, gotta say were, though, I gotta say when I did uh, Skank Fest, it was the opposite. I don't know, maybe because it's like they're very comedy centric, where the other guys are storytelling centric. But well, I think that's I, a slightly different. I think that's not the same set necessarily. Of fans. Yeah. Uh, there, there's crossover certainly, but I think that that they are definitely probably. I mean that that's more about a different group of people that aren't necessarily from that the, the Joe Rogan camp. I just want to hear offensive jokes and for, you yeah, know, speech and the whole thing. Yeah, I think that also when you have people that like podcasters, people feel like they know you. They feel like they know you. They they listen to you two hours, three hours. Like I know when I'm on stage, who listens to MMA Roasted by what they're laughing at because they are laughing at things that like they're like along with it. And it's a great, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's great, it's great. But a lot of times it's like. They don't understand this is a comedy show. You know, um, it's like it's I like, know who it's, listens to MMA Roasted because they're the only ones with cauliflower ears in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate what sometimes like I went when I went up first Monday. I hate when I have to reset the crowd. Like when the host yeah. the crowd work, literally a joke. No jokes are told. And then you have to just reset them. And then it's like people are looking at you like, oh, this guy's corny because I have punchlines. I'm like, oh, fuck. But then, you know, eventually. Yeah, you yeah, slowly like, rebuild the rhythm. Yeah. But that's what it is, man. I mean, basically people are like, what's the difference between a pro comic and an amateur comic? Is It's the same thing with football. To me, I, I compare it to football. Whereas you get these, these stars in football quarterbacks that get tackled. And by the third, fourth tackle, they're done for their fucking, their whole career. But the, uh -huh. the professional is the one that stays in the pocket. You could throw three picks, but you're like, it doesn't bother me. And same thing when you have to follow a monster. Like I had to follow this comedian on a, a cruise ship the other day. And she was like a star. She had a, a pilot in the in the 90s. You know who it is, Greg. And then afterwards, she goes and sells CDs in the back while I'm on stage. Like While you're on stage. Yeah, yeah while I'm on stage. Um, and there's a line to buy them. So, I, But I knew the first couple minutes we're gonna be fucking hell but i was just like okay once i get them you just have to it's just once you land that first fucking punch it's just once you land that punch you're in the fight you just have to not fold and too many comics they fold after one or two swings or three swings like no you have to fucking stay there they'll, they'll, eventually if the material's good people will come along but yeah. it's just like fuck um um anyway so uh all right, let's talk so welcome to another episode of Inside the Comedy Institute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, Adam, with you, I've seen Adam perform 20 times probably, um, and one time comedy. That didn't make sense. <laughs> hey. Watching you in a porn movie or something, I don't know, man. Like, um, no, anyway, so that joke didn't work at all. Like, I tried, it didn't work. Um, but uh, I've noticed your crowd work usually will get people going if you do that first, from what I've seen, because kind of yeah. like, you know, like they're being weird. Like, you, you asked four guys one time if you could join their cell. And it took everybody like 30 seconds to realize what you meant. You looked over as a bunch of Saudi Arabian looking guys or whatever, but you didn't say terrorism. Anything said, Hey, can I join your guys? So when's next meeting? Everybody's like, what does that mean? And from that point on, 
everybody, dude, was laser beamed on you to see what the reaction would be and this and that. And it was, uh, you, you gotta, when, some, some, you'd have to have different, it's like, uh, you'd have to figure out what's working. What, what, what could I, okay, the jokes aren't working, crowd work's working. Or right, that's not working, trick him into the crowd work where they think it's the crowd work, but it's a joke crowd work. All right, you, Greg, you're right. We should talk about fighting. Uh, so the power, <laughs> Dana White's power slap league. I don't know uh, why we're gonna talk about fighting. Nobody saw him. So, okay. Uh, Dana White's going. power slap league is now going on pay per view. Uh, they're having their what? <laughs> yeah, did the, did, the, did the one on TBS bomb or did it do well? I think it got like 300,000, uh, 300,000, uh, views, which is not a lot, but I, it's I guess not great for broad for, for TV. But I guess now they're factoring also like how many hits it got on Instagram or Twitter or, or viral videos. I guess that counts as views now. Um, so I don't know, but they're having their finale is on pay per view. Um, I don't know who's gonna. They're gonna have to have a band play or something. I I, I don't their, understand. Their second show is their finale. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> no, they're like it's it's all leading up to I guess. Oh, do a pay per view type of. Uh, $10,000 prize or something or uh find me up and it's going to be on pay-per-view. Uh by the way, somebody uh, one of our fans said that he was sick of of nobody actually preparing for the show, so he sent me a bunch of fights that are coming up and told me to read them. Uh so <laughs> His name is jo- shout out to John Hotz. Who he goes, "I know you got a lot of your plate and the knuckleheads don't help you prepare for the show." I put together some notes for this week's episode. Take them or leave them. Um, thank you. All right. So Laura Sanko, you know, who Laura Sanko is, she's like this hot blonde who used to be a fighter. Oh, yeah. Uh, going to announce, right? Yeah. Big titties, beautiful, knows her shit. I guess she, she's had a couple fights. Uh, she's going to be, uh, she's making the, she's, she's going to be the first female announcer during a primetime show this Saturday night. And I guess she's getting some hate from other announcers. She didn't specifically say who, but I, I'm pretty sure I know who uh, because they were there before her. But she has fighting experience. So, you know, you got fighting experience. You get a, you get a, you know, plus, you know, life isn't fair. <laughs> life is not fucking fair. So well, and here's the other thing you have to realize. Is anytime you get an opportunity, somebody lost their opportunity. For those guys that sat on it, you know, for the last several years, there were guys that were before them, you yeah. know, that got that got that they bumped off. And the problem is, is when you get it, you feel like it should be yours forever. You right. know, like you earned it. And but then they're like, well, we're ready to make a change. And then, you know, they get it like, how dare you? And it's like, well, how do you think you got it, man? I mean, it's that way at comedy clubs. If you're suddenly headlining a week, that means somebody from last year on that week didn't get rebooked. Right. You know, so this stuff happens. What's her name again? Laura Sanko. She does a good job. Uh, She's a hottie. Uh, So Jake. How do you spell Sanko? I want to look this up. S-A-N-K-O. So Jake Paul is supposed to fight Tommy Fury, February 26th. The backup. In case Tommy Fury can't make it, is Mike Perry. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> which I think is a pretty good backup. Um, I know they've sparred before. I guess Jake Paul was beating him in sparring. And Mike Perry even admits that he lost the first couple of rounds. Uh, but Mike Perry beat what's his name? Spar- beat what's his name in a bare knuckle boxing fight? That guy from uh, MVP. I think Perry could beat. Um, if Mike Perry takes it seriously, which I think he is, because I don't think that fight's going to happen. And Mike Perry versus Jake Paul is a very interesting fight because Perry is impossible to put away. He's got the hardest head in the history of heads. Uh, so I think. Just uh, ask the police. 
what do you think about that, uh, Sean? Uh, I number one, there's no way uh, Fury gets in the ring, no chance in the world. That's why they have to have a known backup fighter because he's not. I don't. His game is just stay famous and relevant as long as he can. I have you seen him box? He no. is he is the worst, maybe the worst boxer I've ever seen. He looks, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean, it, it looks, it looks more set up than Jake Paul's fights. Like in the fights he fought, like it's ridiculous. But uh, the only thing Mike Perry, he said it because I'm watching it and thinking the same thing, but I'm like, I must not, what am I missing here? Cause it doesn't, how is he in these fights? Right. It's, Sorry, it's, it's amazing. But yeah, Mike Perry, uh, I've seen him pre- uh, box professionally, his first and second fight uh, in person. And, uh, Jake Paul's bigger than him. I don't think Mike Perry would throw the fight. I mean, I guess anything's possible. But uh, if he knocks out or beats Perry, I got to believe it's real, man. Like, like I got to believe he's actually pretty decent. He's a lot bigger than him, but Perry's fought. I've seen him fight decent pros and hang in there, you know, like decent pro only boxers, you know. So um, he he can box, you know I mean? He's not, I will he's say this. It, it, it's still fixed. It's still <laughs> – and, and that's why they have the backup because they're like, listen – the Fury thing, that's going to be a real fight. Definitely won't happen. That's why you should prepare yourselves now for the guy I've set up to take his place. The new $1 million man, Mike Perry. Completely fixed. Total garbage. Um, have you guys seen the slap that, competition, by the way? I saw your clip of it, uh, and I have to say, I had to watch it at least 20 times to really oh. get what I needed to get that done. Sean, have you seen this? Is this no. Russian, by the way? Is it in Russia? Where it's like is it's in this? Russia. That's what it, I was trying to decipher from the woman's accent. I'm like, is she Russian? Is that what's happening? I mean, wouldn't this have been better than slap fighting? There's no CTE. You get to look at hot girls' asses. Um, this is what Dana should have. I mean, this would have been better, right? I mean, I think people would have said he was too, too sexist or anything, but or is that would have been? I mean, but this is a way better sport, I think. I came up with an uh, idea for a grab ass uh, pay per view, but I realized the UFC is already putting them on every month because uh, but, I haven't seen hard work with shit in months. But I, I think you, I think you win by taking the most damage because the girl that clearly should have lost uh, won. So I'm not sure that that's that seemed like that's fixed. That's fixed too. At least she kissed it at the end and made it better. <laughs> if they need it's someone weird. to call that fight, I'm in. If they need an announcer crew, you let them know. MMA Roasted is ready to step up. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You always find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events. Bet Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. What's up, people? Listen, I got to talk to you about HelloFresh, all right? Now, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. My wife and I, we had the best meal we've had in ages, thanks to HelloFresh. I'm telling you, you could skip trips to the grocery store and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Not number two, not number three, number one. 
Look, we all have New Year's goals, right? Well, HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Are you looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? I know I am. Okay, so cut back on those expensive takeout and delivery. Yeah, you go out there, it's gas, and you get there, and you got to pay for parking and this and that. People are, it annoys you. Listen, HelloFresh has you covered. Okay, you'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to just whip up uh, a recipe and just you get a restaurant quality meal right in your own kitchen. All right, eating well is top of the mind this month. It's comforting to know you're always get top quality with HelloFresh. The ingredients travel all the way from the farm to you in less than seven days. So you know they're fresh, okay? I'm telling you, my wife, we've had the greatest meals. I am so happy for HelloFresh, all right? So you got to do this. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Roasted21 and use code Roasted21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping, okay? HelloFresh.com slash roasted21 and use code roasted21, like I just said, for 21 free meals plus free shipping. All right. Check out HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. They um I got contacted by Fight Circus where they want me to announce that that's the one and I I'm I'm gonna try to get they're coming to Vegas and I'm gonna try to get uh, us, the three of us, uh and and Don. I'm gonna try to sell us as like a package. I may have to take one fourth of the money to pay me. But it would be worth it just to have you guys there. I don't know how to man. I'll do it for free. Uh, um, the, uh, I just was thinking uh, I should probably kiss her at the end because I heard ninety percent of cases for real. The um, person's only hitting a woman because they love her. That's what. All I right. Uh, thank you, Sean. Now, what happened? You said <laughs> uh, texting wise, and, and now for our get canceled moment <laughs> with <laughs> Sean McCorkle. No, Sean, you told us. Um, there was a story about you getting AIDS for eight minutes. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So okay, I'll give you the condensed version, man. I'll try not to uh, try not to. You guys know I like to mess with doctors, right? Because I don't like them. Um, so I took the uh, psychologist I uh, last met with when I was trying to get a spinal cord stimulator put in for a ride for a while. So uh, the one that you thought would be a good idea to fuck with and yeah. to get cleared <laughs> psychologically. Yes, I remember this. Um, yeah, so I convinced the doctor he paralyzed me one time because he kept telling me there was no danger of paralysis, so I had to sign a waiver. I said, yeah. I'm not signing the waiver if there's no danger. What's the point? So I go to uh, try to give, since I'm still taking testosterone, my red blood cell count is too high, so they want me to go give blood. Well, you go there, well, your hemoglobin's too high. Come back in 24 hours. I'm like, okay, well, I'm an hour and a half from here, the only lab that does this. So I drive, come back in 24 hours. Oh, no, your blood pressure's a little too high. I'm like, what is it? 140 over 95. I'm like, well, that's like normal. It's a little bit higher than, well, we, we you know, they on and on, dude. So you got to be in the perfect position, perfect everything. So anyway, I start to tell this lady the story about one time I was in Australia because she's sticking me the needle, can't find a vein. I said, last time this happened, I was in Australia and I was getting an IV to rehydrate uh, for my fight before Sola Pulele beat my ass in two minutes. Um, but uh, the doctor was very unhappy about being there. He was a friend with the promoter and he's at, a, he's at an immediate care facility at 11 o'clock at night giving us ivs and it's just irate that he's even there and making it known he hates that he's there cannot believe i came in to do this so trying to lighten the mood with the other fighters i said uh here we go yeah he stuck me and uh 
after a minute, he's sitting over there writing some stuff down. I said, Doc, uh, I know you know what you're doing, but are there supposed to be big bubbles going into my veins? I said, it's weird. <laughs> this IV. And he jumped up, and I said, I'm just kidding, man. And he got upset about it because he like, hit his hip on the desk and stuff as he was getting up. Or whatever. He was like, that's not funny. I said, if you saw the look on your face, it was, you know? And he didn't like it at all, right? So he starts looking at my chart, and he's like, who had – he's looking around. He goes, you haven't had an HIV test yet. I said, yeah, I had one 10 days ago. He goes, you have to have it within 36 hours. They fight in Australia. I said, well, I guess I'm not fighting then. I hope they still pay me. He goes, no, we'll do one right here. This is whatever, 2014 or 13. I mean, a long time ago, 13, yeah. maybe. Well, I was like, they have an instant HIV test. He said, yeah, 32nd. And I said, can I buy some from you? And he was like, why? I said, so I can test those around me. Like, you know, <laughs> right, exactly. Like, oh, we're here at my place. Just take this little. Right, yeah. Test, yeah. Well, I want to take a little drop of your blood real quick, but he, uh, he takes it from me and two other fighters, sets it down, leaves the room for 20 minutes. So I'm like leaning, I'm stuck this IV and it's, it's, it's on like a fixed pole. I can't take it with me. And I'm looking and I'm looking for a skull or a plus or a negative, like anything that's bad or good news. Cause I'm a little bit nervous, you know, right. Comes back in. He goes, uh, John, you're negative. Joe, you're negative. So you're negative. He said, Sean McCorgo. I said, yeah, he goes, huh? And he throws it in trash. He goes, starts to open another one. He goes, here, I'm gonna get another one from you. And I said, Wait, was it positive? He goes, listen, these things aren't 100% accurate. Let's don't freak out like I've seen it. So he leaves me sitting there, and I said, I immediately thought, dude, in my head, like, I knew I shouldn't have went out with that girl on house arrest. I knew it or went in with her. <laughs> uh, I was like, I knew it. And then I start. I was like, I got to tell my kids, man. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with being gay, but everyone's going to think I'm gay, you know, which I was. But um, no, but so... I'm sitting there and dude, I am poor, like a second thin, yeah, pouring sweat. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, my heart is racing. He goes, huh, I'm just joking. Oh my God. He said, you know, like you were about the bubbles going, I'm really funny. Medical jokes are funny, aren't they? And it, dude, it made me, it changed my life. It really did. Like it, for 45 seconds, I swear I thought I had AIDS. I was like, it's it's over. Like it's over. I can't, I don't have my like Magic Johnson money. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I can't. I, I gotta tell you, I'm on the doctor's side here. I mean, <laughs> you stepped right up and fucking started that. So I mean, I, good for you. I, I'm proud of the guy. I hate to say right. it. That happened to me. That happened to me. He got gotcha. you. He fucking got gotcha, you. That's twice. pretty sick. When I moved to LA, I got a phone call. This is the uh, you know center of disease control. You need to get tested immediately. Um, and I was like. I had a girlfriend at the time and I just banged her for the first time with a condom. I'm like, thank God we used a condom. Like, but what we heard, I heard, dude, I, I called them back. They were like, you have high cholesterol. That was the first time I was like, you fucking assholes. Second time, someone I slept with tested positive for something. I have to get tested immediately. The only thing open was the gay men's health clinic. Right. So I had to go to the gay men's Which is health great because they already knew you. Right. <laughs> dude, I go there. And the guy was like, uh, have you had unprotected sex with a man before? I'm like, no. He's like, what are you doing here? Uh, he's like, you don't. That's what the guy said. I, like I said, I, I'm not condoning this, dude. But uh, in um, in in West Hollywood, by the way, uh, in West Hollywood, they have uh, trucks outside gay bars and yeah. clubs. That's instant AIDS tests. Yeah. So you, before you leave with someone, you can go get tested in, in this truck, and they get. But I'm like, what a buzzkill. I mean, can you imagine like you're finally going to get laid and then you go in the truck and get a fucking. Yeah, I, I think you, you, they encourage you to get tested on the way in. Oh. <laughs> you know, so you're kind of walking around with it like, hey, like a big ass. You're tested, you know. You can, I wonder if there's can... an underground market for negative age tests and is there a way that I can profit from it? Uh, like go to the gay bar and with, I, I feel there's, like, listen, all you need is a little graphic design work and you can do it. 
<laughs> I was selling allegedly. I was selling uh, vaccine cards uh, for a while that I got for ten dollars a piece from a guy so that showed they were vaccinated when workplaces were requiring it. I had the correct numbers and everything, and had uh, actually had someone test and use it at work because they're not allowed to share your personal information, but they can tell if it's a valid number uh, on the uh, thing. If it's a valid vaccine number. So yeah, I, I had them. They were going all over the country there for a little while, man. That was a nice little uh, side hustle for me. You're the funniest human being. I don't even know how you get involved in this. It's like like career day. You went to all the worst careers. Like anyone else, every other place, you have like like his career day was like like dealing steroids, illegal this, uh, doing that. But this was when I was selling Viagra for a dollar a piece, making like three grand a month doing it. That was amazing. How, how are you getting the Viagra so cheap? Uh, dude, there's this dude. Uh, it's real easy. <laughs> all you gotta do, you go to Costco. You buy a whole thing of, of Tic Tacs, and then you just take those and you put them in a medicine bottle, and people just buy them. It's amazing. No, there's this dude that kept hitting me up, and I started calling him Stalker Indian Ranger because he wouldn't like leave me alone. Like he just kept texting me over and over again. You bought uh, supplements from us in the past, so I ended up like getting. I wanted his personal Instagram, all this to make sure. I mean, not that he's a Fed, but he lives in India, so whatever. And I'm like, well, what do you have available? And they had all kinds of stuff available. This is years ago, past the statute of limitations. Maybe, but um, so um, <laughs> if uh, I was like, what can you do price wise? And he's like, so something outrageous. I said, dude, I'll buy 10,000 of them, but I only want to pay 25 cents a piece. He's deal. And I can only ship 500 at a time. And I said, what's your address? Well, you're not shipping them to my address. Let me make some calls. So I had a few people I might know said, hey, if something got shipped to your house and stolen off your uh, front porch, how much would that be worth to you? And they're like, I don't know, like 50 bucks. So I, I was like, you don't have any cameras your house? No, cool. Okay, so. There's going to be a package delivered in six weeks. I'm going to steal, or I'm not going to do it, but someone's going to steal it off your front porch. Um, 500 at a time, and it's just costing me like 50 bucks, right? So now I'm only another 10 cents in. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I start, I mean, the Viagra go for like 15, 20 bucks a pop. You know what I mean? So yeah, I was like, uh, I drove the entire Indianapolis market down to where they were going to two to three a piece. And then uh, I allegedly found a guy, um, but not really, but who would just take them all, like at a dollar a piece. Um, and he also had friends who had mailing addresses. And so then I became just the middleman who would make a phone call or an email and uh, they would deliver addresses with a number, you know, with a number account and then that, or not an account, but a number of Viagra. And then I, they did their own thing and I just made all the money. So it might, one of my, my best. And welcome to another episode of locked up abroad. <laughs> this is, what the hell? Dude, my, one of my best friends. You're, you're so crazy. My friend Aldo, we, we coach wrestling together and he got, he, um, he was, the, the other team tried to like steal him from us. Right. And it was funny because like, they're like the rich school, Harbor Westlake. It's like, you know, $30,000. So like, well, I tell you what, it sounds like a rich school. They have two fancy names. So, <laughs> and one of those things, like Aldo's one of these guys that always gives you Viagra whenever you see him, like you'll say, Hey, what's going on? He just hands you Viagra. Like for some reason, he's just like that guy. <laughs> you know what? I think he may have handed because my wife found it. She's like, "What is this? This is Viagra." And I'm like, "No, nah, Viagra's diamond shaped. I don't know what the fuck that is." You know, maybe it was. It was just random blue pill. I wonder if I got it from him. I wonder if that's where that came from. <laughs> no, I had no idea what it was. But he never, he never asked. There was another guy named Yoshi who would always give you porno back in the day. He worked, oh, for yeah, because he worked for a porno company. Yeah, he but, worked for Evil Angel. But you would never ask for the porno. He would just be like, hey, how's it going? And give you so he and also it wasn't my brand of porno. Like <laughs> I'd try and watch and I'd be like, who fucking gets off to this? These people are not having fun. 
people have like chainsaws and other stuff. So anyway, Aldo gives you Viagra. So he got kicked off. So he went to the other team. He ends up not passing the background check from uh, anyway for Harbor Westlake. But for two weeks, he was coaching my opposite team. So during the match, I'm yelling out like, do the move Aldo showed you because he's he's coaching against me. I'm like, yeah. give me Aldo. So I'm just making him laugh, you know, because he's miserable over there. So and then halfway through the match, he hates their coach. And he comes up to me. He's like, I fucking hate this guy. And my athletic director, he just has handing us Viagra, like in the middle of a wrestling match. And I'm like, bro, we're in the we're in a middle school wrestling match. I don't need Viagra. Like, this is just bad optics all around. Like, oh my gosh. I'll tell you what's a bad idea. Uh, the last thing you want to do is have a boner around children in singlets. Yeah, the singlet's not the best idea. Last time I checked. I will Bad tell you guys, idea. do not ever go in CVS and try to buy $5,000 in Visa gift cards to pay for Viagra because oh, okay. it's <laughs> red flags everywhere. They're like, well, what, what is this for? And I said, I'm real rich and I'm giving them to my nephew for his and my nephews for their graduation and nieces and stuff or whatever. So mind your business. So we can only sell you 500 at a time. I said, OK, I'll just go to 10 different CVS. That works. So um, I just went and uh, yeah, so that's the best way to pay for things. Just don't try to buy too many at once. They get weird. Did I ever tell you, Greg, the uh, the Aldo Black Steve story? Sean, I'll tell you the story. No, uh, yeah, so, so maybe, probably not. So he's he's coaching high school, and there's two Steves in the team. There's a white Steve and black Steve. He's old school. He's like 60 from Philly. So he has all the kids calling the one kid black Steve because he's black, right? So of course the kid's mom, who's like from Compton, this bigger woman, goes text him like, "Why is everyone calling my kid black Steve? Like, like what kind of school? Like you have the whole team calling? Because we already have a poor Steve. <laughs> well, like." So, Aldo writes back, I'm so sorry. Blah, blah. And his go-to emoji is the black thumbs up. Like, he thinks that's funny for some reason. But he forgot about that. So, he's like, it'll never happen again. Oh, boy. And then he sends uh, the mom uh. a black thumbs up after saying he won't call the, the kid black Steve. So, then, of course, the mom flips out because now she got a black thumbs up after a black Steve. Uh, so... Like, I, I thought Sean would like that story. All right. Yes, because it's because it's lightly racist. <laughs> so the UFC, uh, they they signed Bella Mir, who's Frank Mir's daughter. Have you seen Frank Mir's daughter? No, let me take a look here. Dude, she's she was like a four time state champion. She's she jacked out of her like she. If you were to put together like just like a superhero, like a like a super like a one of those Marvel kids, like she's just. And now she wrestles for Iowa, and uh, I think she starts for the team, dude. I don't know what kind of strength and conditioning program they have this kid on, but the son is like uh, is going to go in the NFL, and the daughter is like, and the daughter is just a monster wrestler. So the UFC, I guess they they're now somehow sponsoring college. Oh, I'm spelling it wrong. That's my problem. Bella Mir, and she's like a really yeah. nice kid. But Jesus, Frank's got some good genes, huh, Sean? Yeah, that makes me sad for them. I and I've met his kids before. I know Frank. I don't uh, – it to each his own, man. But I, if my son was going to fight – I carry guilt to this day. My dad begged me my last 10 fights not to do it anymore. Every fight, he said, he'd just give me the money uh, that I was getting paid for the fight. He said he couldn't take the stress anymore. And I told him, time, Dad, I got to do what I got to do, you know, because he knew I was hurt um, on a lot of them. And I was like, I just – I can't take money from you. Sorry. But I imagine now that my son's older, I imagine him fighting. I don't, I don't know how a parent can do it, man. Like, I cannot – Especially a girl, your daughter yeah, fighting. But, I mean, but the girl's a monster. And I know. That's yeah, what, she's, oh. she's, she's, I mean, you could tell she's, she's been fighting long enough. The muscular tell my dad you can't, I'd tell my dad, you can't pick what you were good at, you know, like what you were born good at, you know? So I was like, I can true. anybody in the world without even training, you know, not anybody, right. but, you know, 90% of the world without even training. So, um, but it's, uh, I, I, like I said, man, it's, I feel guilt over it now badly that he's dead. 
So well, Francis, like, I'm sorry, sorry about that. By the way, every time I post on my dad, I have to hear Sean's Facebook saying, "Wish I had a dad that was alive." Like, <laughs> that, makes, that makes it so. I love ruining your uh, anything. My dad's 30th anniversary. I wish I had a dad who could have an anniversary with a woman who was still alive. It must be nice. Like, and now, Sean, why are you carrying a gun now everywhere you go? Oh yeah, no, I realized, dude. One day, um, <laughs> <a little> weird. <laughs> me and my uh, me and my girlfriend, who you've met, is about 120 pounds. We were wrestling around one day, playing around, and I realized she could probably almost beat me in a fight now with my back. Like if I didn't win, seriously, if I did not win in the first 30 seconds, let's say she somehow avoided me, all it takes is me moving the wrong way, and I'll be on laying on the ground screaming, you know. So that's when I realized I'm not nearly as tough as I thought I was, you know what I mean, or whatever. Like, because I think all the time, yeah, if that dude does this, I'll do this. And then I think, wait, no, I won't. You're not going to do anything. Like, that kid could probably beat you up, that 22-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, I think about, I was telling somebody I boxed Jake Paul. I was like, wait, Jake Paul would beat me up now. Like, you know what I mean, or whatever. Like, I can't even move my back. I can barely walk, you know? So I just started carrying a gun with me because I want to be able to have the same attitude and confidence, um, you know what I mean, and, and a surety that I know I would win the fight um if i got into it with somebody because i have a tendency to get in altercations i can't imagine why but like i've been in multiple movie altercations where like i threw a coke and hit a guy in the face with it by a guy i mean a 13 year old kid but he spit on me um but you don't uh, think that maybe that having a gun would be the worst thing because you would do something stupid like this and then shoot somebody uh, be in jail might not be the best yeah, like maybe maybe get some mace uh, might not be the best idea, but I've also been shot at before and had guns put in my face in real situations. So I would much rather have one should that happen than not. How did someone miss you with a, a shot? Uh, I've been shot. <laughs> it's a long story, but I, I heard one ricochet right by my head, man, during like an altercation thing, and it started going off. And I'm out of the tough guy, like, dude, what? What are they letting off fireworks over there? And then you hear, like, right by your head, you know, or whatever. You're like, dude, they are actually shooting. Took me like ten seconds to realize it was for real, and then had to jump on the ground, climb under a car, or whatever. So um, I guess they weren't shooting directly at me. But uh, we also had when I was camping when I was ten years old or twelve years old. My dad accidentally threw a bag of bullets for a twenty-two rifle in the fire in the campfire. And that was the first time Ooh. I fire directed at me. Like I was standing there and I started That's, hearing. Yeah, they just. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, I, I started. Yeah, it was probably 200 bullets. I started hearing. What Why I thought would you wait on purpose? No, he, he thought it was trash. My dad was so clean, so obsessed with trash. Like he would used to bathe in bleach. Like my dad would pour, pour bleach on himself in the shower. Still, he, there's, you don't just throw shit into a fire. My dad did. He would grab any paper he saw, any trash, anything. He saw this bag with a, like some chips in it or whatever, not realizing my brother had pulled 22, poured 22 shells into it because his box broke because we were shooting while we were, you know, like. Is your dad we were out like there, Wiley Coyote talking. or something? That sounds I was gonna yeah. say, so, <laughs> so great decision making runs in the family. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. He threw a bag of, I swear to God, threw a bag of bullets in the fire and we thought they were black cats. He goes, who's letting off fireworks? I told you guys not to bring any you know, or whatever. And then we started hearing ricochets and started seeing it come out of the fire. And I was like, he's like, did one of you boys put bullet or bullets in one of those bags like that or whatever? We were like, uh, yeah. And then we all, same thing, dove on the ground, man. And just waited for it to stop. But it was, uh, oh it gets sur like, surreal when when bullets are going around you like that and hitting stuff. Like you sit there like just waiting for it. Like, well, this will- Sean, as your friend, as one of your best friends, do not carry a gun everywhere. Okay. <laughs> you have lots of rage up. Ten, pen, you, you don't have an outlet right now. 
for yeah. all the anger other than like writing shit on Facebook and stuff. And I just I that and you also just said it on this podcast. Yeah, I could see so you're denying. So your deniability is going to be. Oh, I have a license. So it's 100 percent legal. I have a license to carry. So right. um, although I did when I went to Theo's show the other day, I got in there and had my gun with me and saw they had metal detectors. So I had to go walk back out to the car and leave it because that you parked with your dead grandmother. Yeah. Put that uh, out there. We had to limp to it to make sure in case anybody saw the handicap thing. I how, was back- how, was, how was backstage at the show? Uh, he actually, man, I didn't want to bother the dude too much. So I told him we would just wait till he came out because he's going to take pictures with people after. He probably stood out there for an hour taking pictures with people, man. It's, uh, yeah. I think it's, uh, it's really cool of him, man, to still do that at that level. He's flying in private jets and stuff. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have to go back out. No one does that at that level that I've ever known. Actually, go out and take pictures. But he, uh, he was cool, man. His, he made sure his manager bizzle the guy made sure that uh he spent extra time talking to my son and my nephews and like my son thinks me and theo are friends now because theo recognized me he goes hey i remember you what's up sean like whatever like gave me a hug or whatever where everybody else he's just smiling taking pictures and they move on you know whatever and my son's like man he remembered you i was like trey like what do you do what do you think like no one he, i met him six weeks ago look how big i am of course he remembers me you know what i mean like I'm not even- well and theo's a genuine guy he really is he's a sweetheart of a guy and genuinely one of the funniest guys i've ever worked with so i mean you know that he, he's pretty cool that way I, i'm glad for him and anybody like you adam anybody that's been doing it for 20 years um Brennan Shaw, people like that. You guys all, uh, when you finally get your chance and it's not based on talent because you've been that talented for years, you just finally right place, the right time. If Theo hadn't been on Joe Rogan, he probably would, would still be unknown. You know, like it just, when it's your shot, I mean, if you guys were smart, you would have fought for years, get almost brain dead, then befriend Joe Rogan. And he would be so concerned for your health. He would gift you a career with 179 appearances on his show. In a row. But, it's all good. So uh, it's supposed to be in Ganu says he's in t- in uh, contact with Tyson Fury for a super fight boxing this summer. Oh mm. man. I, I like how they're going to switch it to MMA gloves. Like that matters. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, Oh, you're, but you're still boxing, but it'll be smaller gloves. Okay. Well, he'll win then. I, I don't see, I can't see Ngano beating. I mean, unless Fury didn't take it seriously, which Fury's kind of a head case. Maybe he might not take it as serious as he was, you know, Anthony Joshua or uh, uh, somebody, you know, uh, what's his name? You know what I'm talking about the guy that like uh, the huge guy that Beyonce uh, Wilder. Wilder, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's weird. It's a uh, why do we him Ganu versus Wilder is a far better fight, far more interesting because they both do the same thing. They don't have a lot of technique. They just swing wild, and they've got so much power that would be better. But um, I mean, he could hit if he hits Fury, he could knock him out. Out. It's Kenny hitting, and it's it's I don't know, man. Um, and then also. Uh, this week, PFL, so they have this new thing where they have celebrities vote on whether or not you make the PFL in their super fight, like last And week. that's how you know WME got involved. <laughs> no, it's the PFL. It's not the, the, I know. That, well, so they are involved then. No, PFL's not. Somebody's aren't involved. I mean, uh, oh, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought the UFC umbrella ended up uh, buying them. No, no, they, no. They originally owned PFL back in the day. They don't now, but the UFC allegedly owned uh, PFL back in the day to hurt Bellator by signing all the guys they didn't want. So, but last year, I guess they had like Jeremy Piven was one of the guys that like decided whether or not you should get a a contract. Uh, this year, it's Kurt Angle is doing it this Friday, and from the people that brought you last comic standing, it's a new twist on the professional fighters league. I mean, can you imagine like even this though- year, this year, sure, you're a good fighter, but what does Tom Arnold think? <laughs> <laughs> 
Tom Arnold was the perfect person to use in that joke. That right perfect. reference again. I talk about this in my workshops. The golden reference. Final I folks. mean, come on. I mean, wh why? Why are we doing this? I mean, it was Kurt Angle and Paige Van Zant are the two judges this week. I don't know. I don't know who the third the third judge is. But are they judging the fight or who gets into a tournament? Who gets into who gets into the PFL? Like basically, these are like. You know, it's like they're they're rookie like a contender series, but yeah. with contender with celebrity judges, celebrity okay. judges, yes. Um, and last year it was last year it was Piven and Tyron Woodley. This year it's Kurt Angle. Uh, so I, but I at yeah. least when Van Zant's doing it, when she says when I used to fight, it'll actually be true, as opposed to when Rogan says, you know, back when I was fighting, I'm like, wait, when did that happen? You mean a Taekwondo yeah. tournament? That doesn't count. Like it's not a, you weren't fighting in a Taekwondo tournament. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys know that, but a lot of fighters really don't like that when Rogan says back when he was fighting. So he yeah, didn't text course. me back so he can eat one. So, um, and then, <laughs> uh, and then they announced that, uh, Israel Adesanya will take on Pereira April 8th for the fourth time. Um, they fought twice in kickboxing uh, where Pereira won and now they fought once in MMA, but people are like, why does he get, I mean, he was winning four rounds to nothing. I mean, he did get caught in the fifth round, so it, it wasn't like I, I've know. never understood the anger over at a champion getting an immediate rematch. Like, oh, has he earned it? He had twelve title defenses. Yeah, he earned it in those twelve title defenses. You know. Yeah, like, I mean, that was a shocking victory to say the least. You know, right. I mean, and yeah, he was absolutely winning that fight hands down before he uh, he got caught. So you know, when, okay, when yeah. you don't do it, let's say he loses his next one. Now he's got to win two or three to get back there. You know, like it's just like it. It's not. Even if he gets injured, breaks his hand or leg, whatever, then now he's got to – I always say do the fight. Like back when they were doing Fedor and Brock Lesnar, I was like, dude, just do whatever it takes to make the fight, even if it's a one-fight deal. Just do whatever it takes because otherwise it never happens. Like it just never – it goes away, you know? Like it just – He was so nice. I, I sat next to him at the award show. I, I, I got up. My dad was sitting next to him. My dad had no idea who he was. Which like, one? Dad, Which one? Uh, Israel Adesanya. I'm like, Dad, this is Israel. And he's like, oh, nice to meet you. Blah, blah. I go, this guy's you know, the, the best in the world. He's like, I got work to do, right? So he's sitting there. My daughter spills his drink all over his. He flew in the night before from from uh, uh, New Zealand to get the award. He spit my 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 daughter kicks his alcohol everywhere. So now I'm like, oh god. So I'm like, hey man, I'm I'm sorry. He's like, ah kids. I go, you have it. He's like, I don't, I don't not that I know of. Like, nice guy. And then the waitress came over. He asked the waitress to get him chapstick. I've never seen it before. She goes, do you have any chapstick? And she this beautiful waitress, and she went and got him chapstick. Um, <laughs> well, he is Israel Adesanya. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure if you asked for chapstick, she'd be like, the gift shop is located in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, no, like he he pulled in. They had a whole like team of of people that walked with him, like it was like FBI, but like there was but there was no one there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I think those people just believe that Israel has a right to exist, and they were protecting him to make sure that. Uh, I, I was looking for the Israel joke to, too. Uh, good one. Safely uh, be able to live his life. One thousand uh, percent. But not, a real nice guy. Um, he was sitting there, and uh, I think he's going to win this fight. I don't. I. I think that. Um, I think. I think he he learned his lesson, and I think he's going to win this rematch. You, Greg, Sean, handily. Uh, I say it's hard to beat anybody four times in a row, man, in anything. Um, so I think, uh, you know, the same basketball team plays four times in a row. They usually don't win all of them. So I, I, just the odds alone would say that uh, Adesanya should win.
And uh, we just saw that play itself out in the NFL with Cincinnati and Kansas City. You know, they're they're th- going in three and zero, and I was like, it's tough to beat somebody in four four times in a row. But I don't really count those first two because it was a totally different discipline, totally different arena. I don't count those two. I think you know he didn't really win the first one. He got lucky, and I think in the second one, Israel and Israel's one of those fighters, sort of the way John Jones was, which is they could easily have put them out sooner, but they were enjoying beating up on them. They were enjoying the fight, only they let it go too long, and the guy got lucky. I do not think this happens this time. I'd be amazed if it got out of the second round. Uh, also, they announced Chevchenko was taking on Grasso March 4th on the John Jones card. Uh, Jared Gordon, he's the one that got fucked by Patty Pimlet, remember? Like, he won that fight. Everyone gave it to Patty. He's fighting Bobby Green. Uh, they, they keep giving him uh, Bobby Green's a tough guy because he's so fast. But he got knocked out hard his last fight. You go, you, Bobby Green got like, oof. and then Kelvin, Kelvin Gastelum is taking on Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis has never been taken down in the UFC. Uh, he for twenty for twenty takedown defenses. Uh, oh, that's impressive. Yep. Um, so this guy named uh, John uh, Joseph Holmes claims that he was beat up by Kevin Holland and his crew last Friday. Uh, he was walking past him at some event and he got jumped. He says, uh, yeah, that's, he's basically. And Let's then, hope to God the judge and jury have not seen his last couple fights because they will never believe that story. Who, Kevin Holland? Yeah. They're like, Kevin Holland didn't beat anybody up. There's no way he beat you up. Um, yes. And then, uh, but, and then also Caitlin Neal, who's like. Uh, Kevin Holland needs to move on to, to Wild and Out. <laughs> Where you can finally use all that trash talking to his advantage. Uh, and then uh, the Bella, uh, what's his name? Sign with the PFL, Caitlin Neal, who's like a fucking smoke show. This girl's a uh, uh, very, very a nice girl. She signed with the PFL, so happy about that. Um, and then uh, it was one of those things on the Ultimate Fighter. She was on the Ultimate Fighter. She's like, my father, I haven't seen him in years. He just passed away from drugs. He wasn't a good father. Like, all, like talked about it and like found out that his, her dad died like a week before the fight. And then she wins her fight and someone's like, your father be so proud of you. Uh, I was mm. like, uh, like maybe you didn't get the backstory about this, but uh, uh, yeah. Um, and other news. So did you guys see that Pornhub? I don't know if this is real, but Pornhub is uh, celebrating Black History Month by only putting on. Oh God. Oh God. So look, so somebody, somebody said there's, if- there's there's some organizations you don't want to be celebrated. Uh, by. They're only they're only uploading videos of fat white women. Is that what you're getting at? No, I, that's not. Oh. What I was so look, so look, they go Pornhub. What a time to be. Yes. Is, is this real? We, we commit to stand in solidarity and take action with the black community by rightfully demand justice. That's why June only Ebony videos will be available on our website. On Pornhub, that um, can't be real. <laughs> That's, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to verify it, but that seems like it can't be real. <laughs> that seems, you know, what it's one of those things that that see, you know, possibly I, I'm going to assume, you know, I hope was done <laughs> with the best of intention, <laughs> but that is not how you celebrate anyone. Like, oh my god so now here's a bunch, okay, of, videos. Well, a bunch <laughs> of video of women who really needed a thousand dollars like 
No, no. Oh my god. This is like Matt, the new comedy the, 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 on OnlyFans. This is like the new comedy on OnlyFans. Like, like, is this really the platform? Like you're between two girls showing their buttholes and you're just with a mic. Like, <laughs> like, so, like, so yeah, uh Pornhub is uh doing that I, that can't be real but that is funny though if it, if it is real that's i mean the, the comments time are, to announce it also during during february or january <laughs> like by the way six months from now so uh logan paul has a new drink out I mean, <laughs> that'd be I, like if lays were like we're celebrating alcohol's anonymous anonymous week by having five-year chips like for Holocaust Remembrance Day, we're only having Jewish women. Like, like I, it's just like, like what? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It, it's uh, not good. It, it's not good. Um, so Logan Paul has a new drink. A new flavor, five year chips. Uh, <laughs> Logan Paul has a new uh, drink out called Prime. Have you heard about this? It's like uh, it's up against Gatorade. Uh, him and here's K the amazing thing: they'll pay you to drink it. Him and KSI have this drink. It's now the official drink of the UFC. So Dana White and Logan Paul are now in business. I like um, how Logan acted like he was signing with UFC to make everyone look at the announcement. And then uh, yeah, being the yeah. official drink of the UFC, by the way, does that mean you have to drink it if you're signing with UFC? Like, or whatever. Like, we'd like to have some water at your camp here. but Well, it's, uh, they're going to have it, like, all over, you know, they're going to have it all over the, you know, the tables when they have the press conferences. I, I bet they bill you right for there. it, too. I bet if the UFC gives, it to, gives you one, they charge you for it, too. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, uh, so, yeah, power, uh, power slap, I guess, like, like I said, they're having that, they're having that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure what else we could. Are uh, you going through all that guy's notes right now? <laughs> yeah, this guy gave me like this dude's my favorite movie ever. Can we pretty. talk about the actual fights that are this weekend? We already talked about them. Remember, it was the all Asian card, and then yeah, but I mean that was like two weeks ago. Oh, that was last week. Uh, all was right, that last week. All right, I was just gonna say Derek Lewis versus Spivak. I think because you don't like Derek Lewis in this one, and I think this is a great matchup for Derek Lewis. I think this is exactly the kind of thing he needs to get back in there. He lost a lot of weight. You see, he he got like in decent shape. He's actually, yeah. He's, 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 sorry, see this? He lost about lost about thirty five pounds, uh, and he almost looks skinny. Um, which that might not be good. I don't think this is good. I I think that the when is this ever? Whenever like a fat guy gets in good shape, it always like remember Johnny Hendricks had like a six pack and he was losing to everybody, but when he had a belly, he was just knocking people out. Yeah, Dude, like De like like Derek Lewis doesn't need to fall in love with his cardio. Yeah, that's when I, not uh, what he's good at. When I fought Pujanowski, his previous fight was at 315. He got all the way down to 260. I'm like, dude, you're the only thing you're good at is being strong. Why would you drop 50 or 60 pounds of muscle? That doesn't make any sense at all. You know what I mean? You're not yeah. a good fighter. It's that you're so overwhelmingly strong. He's still stronger than me. But uh it, like it, that's like taking your Shaquille O'Neal learned to be a three-point shooter. You know what I mean? Like, why? Like, why are you taking the, the thing you're best at and trying to change it? You know? Like, it doesn't Yeah, let sense. me see if I could uh if I could find a, a picture. So here's him um running. Oh, fucking vibe. Oh my god. He's gonna try, he's like, I'm gonna try and laugh, take him into deep waters, get him into the fifth round. Like, no, that's not what you do. Yeah, well, knock funny. guys out and fuck the floor. That's what you do. You know, John Jones always said he fought better when he didn't take training seriously and was doing cocaine and just partying because he was carefree going in. Like, if I lose, I lose. It's just part of it. But um, some, I mean, whatever works for you, man. Derek Lewis, I think, is the kind of guy that 
going in with nothing to lose is his thing. Dang, he is way down. Oh, shit. Uh, now I got to put do- all the money on Spivak. Shit. Wow. That's got to be more than 30 pounds, isn't it? I mean, I mean he man, looks thin. I mean, listen, he looks fantastic. He looks fantastic. But that, like we said, that doesn't equal being a you know better fighter necessarily. Well, it may it means a different fighter, which may not be good. I mean, he's dead. I don't know. Maybe I don't. That's weird. I don't know what to say about that. But I mean, what he was doing wasn't working in the past. He hadn't won his last couple fights, so. right? And clearly, that's the thing. He's realized, you know what? I gotta, I gotta take this more seriously. I gotta change things up. I gotta be a better fighter. You know, it's like, and I struggle. You know, everyone struggles with this. I struggle with it too. Like I'm, you know, I'm kind of a dirty comic. I'm a party comic. That's what I do. I'm not a particularly. I'm not Mister Big Messages. I have some stuff that's social commentary, etc., but not too deep. But I always try and drag myself into that realm. And every time I do, I walk away going, "What am I doing? Who do? Well, I, that's not. I'm not that guy. I'm not. You know, Carlin. I'm. I'm Kinnison. I'm. You know what I mean? I'm Robin Williams. I'm not. Uh, um, you know, what are the uh, Dennis Miller or something? You know, like it's just not or John Stewart. Like it's just. You know, I, I always, sometimes you just got to be the animal you are. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I I'm actually, now I'm actually curious before. I mean, if you, if you would have came out the way he usually does though, I would have been like, he's losing. So now I got to see, but I don't think his problem before was cardio. Uh, his last no. couple of fights, he's just been getting, he's just been getting wrecked. Uh, so we will see, we will see. I mean, who knows? Maybe if he actually puts more time into it, it'll mean more to him. If he's skinnier because he's been training so much more, that's one thing. But if you did it just to do it, man, like I, I'll tell you what, when I, the skinnier and lighter I got, the worse fighter I became. I was un, not unstoppable, but I was mopping Mitrione on the ground when I was 315 pounds. Like it wasn't even close. When I got down where I'm walking at 285, 280, he would submit me and stuff. I didn't have any strength left. I didn't have any, anything because I was starved all the time. You know, like in it, everybody's like, you look fantastic. I'm like, I don't feel fantastic. I don't feel strong. I don't feel. You know, yeah. like anything. So it's uh yeah, it's uh it's not great for everybody, but if it's just a result of taking it serious for the first time, who knows, man? Like uh we'll see. So Greg, Ooh. what do you got? Greg, what do you got coming up? This weekend I'm in Vegas, baby. I'll be there uh Thursday night, uh doing the late show at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club right there on the strip, and then Friday night doing the dirty at twelve thirty. So uh come out and check out those shows. That one's at the South Point. The weekend after that, Super Bowl weekend, I will be in Glendale, Arizona. At the uh, Stir Crazy Comedy Club, which is right there in the complex with, you know, the the State Farm Arena, everything. It's all right there. I'm going to be right there doing shows at the Stir Crazy. You can join me for those. Week after that, I'll be at a uh, corporate gig in the Bahamas, not do jammy. And then after that, I will be at TK's Comedy Club in Dallas, up in Addison. I so also, if you're uh, that way, I'll be up at TK's. I also recommended you for Cabo. I did Cabo last week, and uh, he wants to bring you out. Uh, Isn't that well, what's his name show? Um, Manny. Yeah, exactly. Listen, like Manny doesn't know. I know. know well, come on. Know, Manny's has- Manny's mad at me because I kicked him out of my fantasy football. No, but he so. said he, he said he was a little nervous. He goes, "Can I bring him out? And will you be uh, have too much partying around? Like, will you be?" Uh, and I'm like, "No, no, Greg doesn't party anymore." So uh, that's bullshit. He just he was mad at me because I fucking did, kicked him out of my fantasy football league. So which I only kicked him out because the guy just didn't. I, he's one of those guys that thinks he's a great trash talker. and Really, he's just being an asshole. And it's like I it's like I don't need this, dude. You're fucking out, man. This is supposed to be fun. You're fucking taking it way too seriously. Uh, Sean, what do you got coming up? 
I always loved it when guys took it too seriously. That always made me happy. Um, got, I, I just um, got annoyed. I was just sick of reading it all day. I'm like, oh, God, fucking let up, dude. dude I've had to block people on Facebook. There was a fucking, there's two comics that like kept trying to fuck with me. And I'm like, I'm not part of your crew. I, I don't I don't have time for this. And I'd post a video and the people are, what you're, just be, they got to me. You get to me in the wrong day. And then I found out that the guy was telling male comedians he had a gig for them. It was a, a nudist gig. And he was trying to see them naked. Like he was like, hey, I'm, you could only perform if I could see you naked first. It pays X amount of money, but they want to see what you look like naked. Like he, and this guy's married to a woman. So I'm like, uh, if this dude ever fucks at me again, I'm going to be, I'm just going to, I have that in my pocket of like, bro, you're trying to get male comics naked, lying to them, saying you have a gig for them. You're a fucking scumbag. And then just see what he says. I didn't even know Bruce Buffer was doing stand up. That's weird. There it is. Man, we almost made it through one. <laughs> uh, Sean, what do you got? I got doctor's appointments, man. That's about it. I've got uh, they don't even pretend like they can help me anymore with my back. It's uh, it's all about how are we getting to uh, you're a drug addict. That's what we're getting to. Like it's uh, I went to the you know I got in that car accident where I rolled my car and could have died and everything. Um, I go to the ER because my doctor said insurance won't pay for an MRI unless you've been denied an MRI by the ER. I was there for two hours trying to explain to them that I didn't want pain pills. That I just need a denial that you guys won't do an MRI. Well, we're going to need a urine sample from you. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not like being admitted to the hospital. I just need a verification. I need my insurance to get MRI, you know, on my back and neck because I hurt worse since that accident. And I just need, I know you guys don't do it. That's an emergency. It's been four weeks ago. So he's going to denial letter. Well, we're going to go ahead and admit you. No, no, you're not. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Arguing with them, I eventually end up, uh, they told me I couldn't leave. They, tried, they said I, they, the security like guard tried telling me I couldn't leave, and I was like, "Dude, you don't you don't tell me where I can go. Like, what are you talking about? I just walked out, you know, or whatever." But uh, I told my doctor she's going to have to just accept my trust me that I said that they denied me an MRI. You know what I mean, or whatever, because they're not they're not giving me a letter. So why do you seem nervous? I said, "I'm not nervous. What do you mean? Well, why are you sweating?" I'm like, "It's like 150 in here, and I have to wear a mask." You know what I mean? Even though you're not wearing a mask, your security guard's not wearing a mask, but I've got to wear one. You know, it doesn't make sense to me you know, or whatever. And uh, so I was like, oh, you seem nervous. I'm like, no, I'm just, I don't want to be here. I just want to see if you guys could just, you know, tell me you won't do an MRI or give me a letter or anything. You know what I mean? Just, um, can I film you? Like she got mad. I said, can, you, can I just film you saying you're not going to an MRI? And then I can show it to my doctor, but it's a, just standard stupidity, man. So, but I could have got my vaccine for free if I wanted it. They would have done that. <laughs> All right. They, so February, uh, February 27th to March uh, 5th. I will be headlining the uh, Laugh Factory in Las Vegas. Uh, come see me. Yay! So, uh, thank you guys so much, and uh, have a great week, guys. Amen. Take care.